the Baptist and the Buddhist, identical twin brothers with two vastly different faiths. Join them as they explore their respective religions and how they differ and how they relate. Same DNA, different religions. Hello, everyone. I'm Mark. And I'm Brian. And this is the Baptist. And the Buddhist. Yeah. So, Brian, why don't we uh, tell any everyone, anyone, no one, why they're watching or listening to this? Like, what yeah, in the so, world are they getting into? So, yeah, that's a good question. If you started watching this or listening to this, there is a very slim chance you probably have a very small interest or curiosity as to what this show is. Um, <laughs> otherwise, you wouldn't be watching this. So the Baptist and the Buddhist, what is this? What what in the world is happening? Um, so this is a show or a podcast that is a look into a set of identical twins, us, with very different beliefs and faiths. And so this this... This whole show is going to be kind of a, 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 a compare and contrast kind of uh, an exploration. And I think I think they're going to find out who we are as we find out who each other and who ourselves are. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a, a good way to put it. And so when I think when I had this this idea for this podcast, it really it really is in every corner of the possibilities of what this podcast could be um, really revolves around the idea of like educating, you know, it's, we will be exploring our, our faiths um, not just for the sake of, I mean, first of all, not for the sake at all of, you know, um, of debate, uh, which might seem like such a wild idea in this day and age, <laughs> but there's, you know, there's, I, I find great importance in the idea of interfaith dialogue and, you know, the, the, the saying like reaching over the aisles or whatever, um, into, to, to people who don't think or are not like you. And it's, I don't know, it's, in some respects, it feels like unexplored territory in the modern day. Um, hmm. But yeah, I, I, I just think it's an important. Um, well, I got, I got, I got off track. Uh, education. Um, so education. we're educating. Yeah. So not a debate show. This is no. a dialogue show, so to speak. So we're. I'm here to talk about my my beliefs and my faiths you're here to talk about your beliefs and your faiths and with with that we are educating each other mm -hmm. not about what to think or anything um but what you know to to help each other understand who we are yeah um and i think you before the show we kind of were talking about why we were doing this and you kind of brought up the fact that you want to like part of this education is to not, you know, convince each other or convince other people, but just to shine light on like why we believe what we believe. And the, and really it's kind of the mindset behind that. And if I can make a real world analogy in my world with 
uh, like fraud investigations, such a key, almost forgotten part of any kind of like criminal investigations or any kind of like comparative thing like that at all is that you, if you miss the mindset and the why or the rational, the rationalization why something is happening, happening, you can miss a lot of detail and a lot of facts out of that one thing. So being able to just understand the why, not, I mean, we don't have to, I don't have to accept your why and you don't have to accept my why, but you know, just having the knowledge of that why, I think that that was a huge part of what you were telling me before. And I just thought of that analogy um, and how important that is really in any aspect of anyone's, anyone's day to day. Yeah. And it's, and that's, and the cool thing about that is that like it plays m- m- like multiple roles. Um, I think there's like this incredible twist um, in, in just that, that, that learning about the mindset of someone else, you know, like, you know, you could look at someone's beliefs or culture or whatever and think that's so that's so different. That's weird. You know, you could think that's so weird. And why in the world do they do that? But that the asking why in the world do they do that? Um, you start, you know, it opens up the possibility of learning exactly why they do that. And like understanding mm-hmm. why someone does something doesn't mean you believe it. Um, exactly. you, just under, you just know now a different perspective. Exactly. And even, and, oh, go ahead. And the, the binocular, uh, aspect of this, the, the, the surprising twist that I was alluding to just a second ago mm-hmm. is that when you learn about someone, some different perspective, it gives you a wider lens and kind of like in my head, it's you, you find a separate ground in or in, in on which to stand, to look back at your own beliefs and perspectives and see your beliefs mm-hmm. and perspectives in a completely different light. And it can strengthen you from that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it, it's not about like, you know, question, like you all of a sudden question your beliefs or anything, but like it does, it gives you a richer, like broader understanding of it. Um, and like could add new dimensions and stuff to it too, like a deeper understanding, I guess. Right. Exactly. And like with that twist, there's also another twist in this podcast, at least like the Shyamalan twist is that we're twins. <laughs> we're identical twins. And like seeing that we're coming from two hugely different perspectives. It's like, how in the world are you guys twins? <laughs> yeah. I yeah, think that's I, a kind of a good segue into what the, who, who are we? Yeah. So you understand what this podcast is all about um through my rambling maybe you may have pieced together the summation of the the reason the the whole why we're here who are we though you know um why should you care you know (laughs) like who are we do you want you do you want to go first yeah i don't i don't really care um okay who goes first but so I'm Mark. Um, 
I'm not really gonna the give Baptist a whole, <laughs> the, the title, the Baptist of the title. I'm not. I'm not gonna get into like uh, just to, as a forewarning. I'm not gonna get into too much into like location, even though you can find that out. I know how all that works. Like you can easily find that out and <laughs> what church I go to. But I'm just not gonna openly like affiliate myself with any specific church right now because I don't want to reflect my opinion as theirs um, because it's probably not in some cases a lot of times well, it will be but it will probably flash a disclaimer at the beginning of the show or something yeah exactly and opinions of of the hosts are just that exactly just our and yeah. they do not reflect any kind of institution we belong to or anything exactly yep. so i'm uh i'm mark i'm i'm brian's twin brother by a minute minute short here <laughs> Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm the Baptist side of this podcast and really, um, uh, I guess uh, to go into like the, the, the definition of that itself, like, um, with my beliefs, it's kind of a breakdown, <laughs> um, because I'm called a Baptist in this in this title, um, and I'm in the camp of Baptists um, by fundamentals, basically, you know, the salvation by Christ and the 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 Bible is the Word of God and the the triune nation of uh, nature of God and, and all that, you know, the fundamentals of a Baptist uh, belief. But I am. I am so far away from a traditional Baptist because of my, um, uh, of my, I guess we, we call it a dispensational belief or, um, line of study or way of study. Um, a lot of, a lot of people that believe what I believe call themselves grace believers. I really don't have a specific title for myself because I don't really fall under any specific category, but, I'm Baptist by fundamentals, grace believer um, by by an explanation or a, a an approach to the Bible, um, and really the approach. I'm I'm gonna just lay the definitions out here real quick, um, baseline because we'll probably get into more of them as we go along. Oh yeah, but oh, yeah. Um, so like a, a grace believer will approach the Bible with a dispensational view, which is a um, based off of Second Timothy 2.15. It's we study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that, not, need, that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So lots of people to rightly divide the Bible so many different ways, but the way we approach it is seeing basically... God working with men two different ways in an overall sense. One is earthly and one is heavenly. The earthly is for like the nation of Israel and their history all the way from Genesis all the way up to like mid-Acts. And that was all prophecy. That was all kingdom-centered. And then there was what we call or what the Bible calls a mystery. And that mystery revealed unto the apostle paul it was completely separated from anything you read before that it's not found anywhere before that um and these are unique specific revelations that paul received and going into like the 
two different, you know, the, we call, I guess I'll break it down like the kingdom and the mystery. Um, the two different like divisions that we mainly see, um, like destination. I will, I will interject real quick sure. and say like, I, I, like you said, we will go like, we'll probably like explore a lot of this in later episodes because mm-hmm. like most of it, you know, doesn't make sense to me. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. I need, I need definitions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And basically in a very basic sense, like the two divisions that we see in the Bible have different like destinies, different like eternal functions and different purposes. So we'll definitely get into that later on, um, like the specifics in that stuff. So when I say like in this age or this day and age, I, I'm, re- I, usually referring to like the present day in which like in our in our beliefs that God deals with man here right now. So if I say like in this age, that's just my terminology for right now. <laughs> but that that's that's my basic beliefs um Let's see. I know you. We had some uh, some basic questions to answer. I guess I'll a- ask those to myself if you want me to. Um, yeah. Um. Is is this um, before you do though? Like, is there like? I guess there is a know, story to it. A, is there like a biographical? Story about how you are what you are yeah, now. Yeah. So. Seeing where I am now, here's the story of where I got to where I am now. So, like, growing up, you know, you and I, we basically have the same backstory up until a specific time. So, we grew up in a in a uh, in a household that we went to church throughout elementary school, parts of middle school, um, just non denominational. Really didn't get too much from it, um, and in 2009 my now wife anna she um presented the um the message from the bible to me the gospel um and it was like it was something i've never ever heard before in my life i'm like why didn't i ever hear that and it was basically a conversation like hey do you know you're going to heaven i'm like well i i know about that heaven stuff and hopefully I'm hopefully you know only God can judge me and hopefully he sees me for uh, hopefully I'm good enough you know all that stuff and I'm, I was just like yeah don't worry about me but then like she explained to me like yeah Jesus died on the cross for your sins and you don't uh, you have nothing to like pay for or, or you it's not about you it's about what Christ did I'm like Oh, that makes a lot of sense. So I, we call it, I, we call it getting saved. I got saved November of 2009 ish. I don't exactly remember the date or anything, but I'm pretty sure that's when it was around. Um, and from there I was, um, I was just, you know, basic, uh, a basic Christian path from the beginning. And, but I was introduced early on to this, um, right division, you know, dispensational stuff. And I I think I caught on pretty early because I was going to a church that was not in that specific, like thought process. And I could pick out things that I was 
taught outside of that, like, oh, you know what, that doesn't, that doesn't sound like the proper definition of what the mystery is, according to like Paul in Ephesians, in Ephesians three. So like, as I, as I went on in my Christian walk, I got more and more, uh, familiar with that uh, approach to the Bible. And then when I moved here, started going to our church here, uh, they, they, that's all they teach. That's, that's their main uh, doctrine and their main belief. And it, uh, I had a hard time accepting that for a very long time. I, I thought it was, um, arrogant and pompous or something like that. I just hated the idea like, wow, this is so stupid. Cause from a regular Christian perspective, it's, uh, it's kind of, uh, you think they're, they're, uh, like not really worshiping, but like reverencing the apostle Paul more than anyone else. And that really struck a nerve with me for a while. But then as we studied, I, I, I accepted that and really held on to that. So I started getting to some ministries. I led a Bible study for five years. I've preached and sang several times and, um, I do the, uh, the video ministry right now at our church and some security ministry and, um, I've touched a lot of different ministries here and there. I was a youth, I was a youth director intern at one point at another church. So it's, I've been all over the map and I, um, how would you, how would you define ministry? Cause yeah, I, I, I noticed you use, you use it in, uh, I don't know, almost surprising, uh, contexts. Ministry in my circles is really a, a place to serve. So if you clean the church house weekly, that's a ministry. If you, if you preach weekly or teach Sunday school or, you know, run a Bible study, that's a ministry. So the, the ministry is a term, a basic term that we use for like basic servitude, I guess. Okay. Basically anything can be a ministry. If you like, if you're doing it, in the right spirit. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's like kind of about intention in a way. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Intention. Awesome. Yeah. So that's, that's my basic story. Um, let's, let's hear your story. Okay. Um, so I'm the Buddhist of the, uh, the, the title, which I don't, I can't remember how YouTube works. So I'll, you know, point if you're listening to this on audio, it doesn't really matter. Um, so as you, as you had said, you know, we, you know, we're identical twins. Um, we grew up in the same house, uh, the same non-denominational Protestant household, um, going to church through elementary school, maybe a little of middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard to, it's hard for me to point out where I like started getting curious about different religions, but I think it was like just through, like, I don't know, exposure th- through reading 
a, a lot of books. <laughs> you know, you you know, you remember you remember oh, me. Oh, I remember your up. books. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, a lot of them, you know, just kind of through bits and pieces would like introduce me to you know different ideas and different you know perspectives, and that just made me really curious. Um, like in retrospect, it, I was curious, um, about different ideas and stuff. So about, about a decade ago, I like started seriously looking at different, different religions. I, I spent some time in, uh, exploring like the neo-pagan traditions, um, like a little like a maybe a year in like Wicca and then several years in Druidry. Um and while it's you know, I, I love the learning about a completely wildly different perspective than I ever was familiar with. Um it you know, it wasn't it still didn't have what I was you know, yearning for in a like spiritual practice. And so it was about seven years ago. There was a, my wife was, had said to me, Hey, there's this group of like Tibetan monks visiting a local temple doing like a presentation thing. Uh, it's, it was kind of like an open house, um, lots of different like informal activities and whatnot and so I was like heck yeah I want to learn about a different you know I want to experience a different faith you know something like Buddhism I had never really ever looked into read about understood um, and so we went and you know it piqued my curiosity Um and so f- having gone to the temple and like, you know, seen things that I didn't un- understand, I was even more curious. It's like, I want to experience like one of their regular Sunday services and see what it's like. Um, and well, I think immediately one of the things that I found really interesting was like meditation was such an important key part of this. And I, I don't think I'd ever realized that like before, you know, looking into Buddhism, but meditation was always something that I was interested in, like delving into more in my past, you know, spiritual explorations and so, you know, like the, the the emphasis on mindfulness and stuff as well, uh, which ties into the meditation. So I was like, okay, let's check out one of the Sunday services. And we went and, you know, I didn't understand any of it <laughs> uh, really. And, but one of the things that really struck me was this like, in some of the supplications and like chants and stuff, there was this word uh, that kept popping up, equanimity. 
And I had never heard of that word. I'd never like, I, it was a new word. And I was like, you know, they're, they're saying like this, this word's popping up quite a bit. I wonder what this is. So I looked into it and it was this, you know, equanimity is like an even, like an even, a, a balanced, even mindedness, uh, and I thought that's a really like that's that's a really interesting concept and something that something just like you know resonated with me with that hmm. and so like we started attending the services uh, more often like we started I, we went back and I you know I bought a few books as I tend to do <laughs> and. I just like I, you know the the the, the colors and the, the the chanting and the all of that like you know the symbols and stuff like they're cool, but what really got me was uh, what we call the Dhamma or the Dharma the the teachings and I. I don't know. I just, I, I felt like this is what I've been looking for. Um, and, um, yeah, just everything about the practice. I, I thought this is, this, this fits, you know, this, this works and, uh, and make everything made sense. You know, all of it makes sense to me. So, Hmm. And some of it's challenging, and some of it uh, is hard to understand. But you know, the the more you look into it, and the more you like, or the more I look into it, and the more I like applied it, you know, I I thought this this works <laughs> for me. Um, so that that temple that we had originally visited was the the one I still attend and uh, volunteer at, and it's a it's like a, a non sectarian Tibetan tradition primarily. Um, with I think with an emphasis on the ne- non sectarian part. Um, no, what's we have sectarian? Te- so that would be non-denominational. Okay. Um, yeah, that's a good question. Actually, <laughs> I, you, you know, you you get you're so familiar with the with the terminology that you forget that yeah. sometimes it doesn't doesn't make sense for other people. Right. But, exactly. Um, that's why we're talking. <laughs> yeah. That's this is this is it, guys. This is the reason right here. Um, no, but um, so like I'm a I've been a member of that temple for uh, like officially since I think 2014, maybe 2015. I can't remember the dates, but, um, but I myself don't practice a Tibetan tradition. Um, Cause in Buddhism, there's like three main schools of thought Theravada, which is like the, the way of the elders, the, like one of the oldest surviving uh, traditions, I guess, um, that primarily is like in the is in like the south South Asia, 
And then there's Mahayana, which is like more Northern Asia, I guess. Uh, and then there's Vajrayana, which is almost, I think, primarily exclusively Tibetan Buddhism. Like it's its own thing. And, and I, my practice is much, much more rooted in Theravada. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't like say, oh yeah, I'm Theravada Buddhist. Um, but yeah, all the, like the, the discourse, like the suttas and the discourses, um, that Theravada Buddhism uses comes from the Pali Canon. Um, and that's usually my go-to stuff. Um, it's my jam, <laughs> but now is that a, and, is that a collection of like multiple writings or? Yeah. Yeah. And each the, the three main traditions, you know, Theravada Mahayana and Vajrayana all have like a different version of the canon, mm-hmm. the okay. canon, which is a, a collection. Um, it's actually called the Tipitaka uh, in Pali. In Sanskrit, it's Tripitaka and it's the three baskets. And it's broken into like three vast categories. Hmm. Um, but we'll get into that in a, in a later <laughs> video. Um, but so, yeah, the, 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 my practice is informed by like the Theravada teachings, um, even though I am a member of a Vajrayana temple. Um, hmm. Yeah, I didn't know that there were like like non-denominational, non-sectarian like Buddhist temples. I guess like are there like non-sectarian and then specific sectarian? Um, you know, that's actually a really good question. Cause like my temple, it's, it's not like a widely popular like tradition. Um, it, the tradition is called the Rime tradition and it means non-sectarian in Tibetan or, you know, close enough approximation. Hmm. And so it's, it's cause in Tibetan Buddhism, there's like four or five different like specific other like specific traditions of like there's Nyingma and like uh, the Galupka and a few other ones that are not coming to mind. Um, so like the Rime tradition is mainly non-sectarian Tibetan Buddhism, but okay. our temple often has like uh, teachers from the Zen tradition or the Theravada tradition, um, but mainly the Tibetan tradition. But I think, I think the, the, there's also like this, this difference in, uh, like Western Buddhism, um, that puts a different kind of puts a different spin on some of the traditions. Um, but what you ask about like non-sectarian, uh, like other non-sectarian, like, so the, I mean, there's a lot of like very traditional temples. Um, I haven't personally like visited them, but there's, there are other, um, there are other like Buddhist groups 
um, around the this area at least that are like are more like broad um, and because like the different traditions might differ in like the approach how to print like the practice and the approach and like the key texts that they derive most of the teachings from and stuff but like at the end of the day like the buddha dharma the buddha dharma is the buddha dharma so like the the buddha's teachings are the buddha buddha's teachings no matter what tradition you follow and there's like a, a kind of i mean you can always get into like different like different debates between traditions and like why why blank is better than blank <laughs> like right. at the end of the day it's like yeah you're you you're buddhist and i'm buddhist because and the, i mean i don't want to like misquote like the buddhist teachings but he and i will like i'll look this up for the next episode and like expound on this a little but he did like he had said that there's like 84,000 different ways to to teach the the dhamma because people like people are different and there's a there, there's a different way to get to different people i guess hmm. if that makes sense yeah that kind of it just kind of reminds me of how like the christian world is because there are so many different denominations some are more like neglect or like rejected by like mainstream christianity than others but like like you know i'm baptist or i'm presbyterian or i'm yeah. lutheran like at the end of the day we're all christians like christians so it like at the end of the day like our root beliefs are usually the same um and it, it it's that just remind me so much of how you were describing like like you may believe yeah. like yeah you may be this or you may be that but at the end of the day we're buddhists like yeah. reminds me a lot of that and like i i know like as far as my experience in my church like we we aren't hard pressed like if you're not a baptist you can't come in because really we like if we could, we would take Baptists out of our out of our practice or our name, um, because we don't like most other Baptist churches or beliefs just aren't really lined up with ours. Like they would probably call us heretics sometimes. So, um, <laughs> I would. I mean, I would say non denominational, but that's also a denomination these days. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. But if a grace believer came through that wasn't a Baptist, we would still be able to fellowship. And I mean, any other type of Christian would be able to fellowship with each other anyways, because we're all, we all have commonalities and like extend expanding or extending beyond that. You and I have commonalities too. So like, it's not hard to fellowship or at least get along, <laughs> um, with each other. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that that idea of getting getting along with each other, you know, despite our, you know, the differences, um, that's a big part of this. And yeah. I, 
like when you were giving your introduction, like I was just like, I just had this moment. It's like, yes, like this is great. Like this is exactly what I want to happen because like you might come from like a, you know, a not, um, not as widely, uh, I, we I come, don't know what word to use. Our, our, our color is very unpopular, uh, or not. I mean, it's pretty unpopular with a lot of people that disagree with us, but, um, it's, a uh, not mainstream. It's not very common. Like our stripe is very, is very unique and not really heard of. There are some variations of like dispensationalism. And really, if you look at old Testament, new Testament, you can call that dispensationalism, um, which uh, some people don't see it that way. We don't see that, that, that division. So like, but the specifics of, where I stand, it's like extremely not widely represented, uh, represented out there. And like in these conversations, I'll try to represent like the whole of Christianity and like fundamentals, but like boil it down. I'm going to probably explain things a little different than what most Christians are going to agree with. See, And that's like, that's the thing that I love about this is because like you speak from like an uncommon perspective you know even in christianity so like even christians can watch this and learn something about you know a denomination or whatever that's different from theirs like wow i never you know someone might you know like watch this and think wow i've never even heard of such a perspective within christianity exactly and i've heard stories a lutheran or a catholic can like watch this and think oh i've I'm, even other baptists probably oh, will watch this yes. and think i've never heard of that <laughs> oh i've never heard yeah, of that kind of approach definitely and even like going along with that like um i've i've heard stories and i've seen this firsthand where people you'll just be talking to someone and i don't really introduce like my specific beliefs with people but they'll be like oh yeah well i was reading the bible and i saw this i'm like and they start explaining like more along the lines of our, like my thinking. And they're like, like, that's just a wild thought that came to my head. I'm like, well, actually like we teach that. It's like, Oh really? And I've heard people bring that up and their leadership or maybe a radio host will shoot them down and try to discredit why they're thinking that. And they'll go back to their, um, traditions and like try to negate what they just said because oh that's not what we believe in like this specific denomination or something it's like well why can't you just explore mm-hmm. that further because like and from my perspective like you should explore that further because like you you might understand what i understand about it so it's yeah like being able to just have those conversations like people might think people might believe what you believe and they don't even know it. Or like people might believe something differently from what they think. And they don't know that there's someone else that believes that. And so they will feel alone or like, wow, am I crazy about seeing this or thinking this way? And they're not (laughs) because other people do. So they're not alone. You know, that's another really, really important 
part, I think, of like what we're doing is like, and not just us two, but like this act of sharing beliefs, like it, you know, might give a voice to someone who didn't, you know, who didn't think there was anyone else thinking that, you know, that there's, and so like, so I think if more people, if more people of different faiths, like was able to share what they believed, some other people who like, whose ideas might not be concentrated or whatever, who they may not have known there was a, a belief or something that like concentrated those thoughts that they had into something that becomes useful, you know? Yeah. It's like, Oh, there's somewhere I belong. You know? Right. Exactly. Yep. Um, so th- that's, I think that's a good segue into like our next like kind of section or whatever. Like what exactly is it? Not exactly, but like, what is it in general? Like that we're, that we believe, you know, where are we coming from? I guess. Um, I don't know if that's exactly where <laughs> you were thinking of like the three little questions that I had sent. Yeah. Um, yep, yep. Yeah. Okay. No, I think, um, yeah. What exactly is like my faith? Um, we, I kind of already discussed that, but like the, the three questions you asked, like what's ultimate reality, how should we live in this world and what is our ultimate purpose? And again, Christians, especially listening to this, this is going to sound weird to you because this is not common Christian belief, but. So I do want to point out like those three questions, I just like pulled straight from like the intro to world religions textbook that I have. (laughs) Um, These three questions are like very useful when approaching a religion or belief that you don't know anything about because because they are so broad, these questions are so broadly defined that like almost any religion can answer them sufficiently and give you an idea of where they're coming from. Right. No, that's, that's cool that I know you took that class and I took that class separately. Uh, <laughs> so it's kind of cool that we can bring that in. So my, the first question is like, what is the, what was it? What was the ultimate? What is ultimate? What is ultimate reality? And really, oh man, this is like from, uh, I'm just going to say a grace believer point of view. Um, ultimate reality is in the spiritual world in eternity. But, from what from my studies and my point of view like the spiritual world isn't that's like esoteric and abstract from what other people might believe it's very real very uh very um i mean you could get start getting into like fourth dimension stuff like with what i've studied like from what i from my own personal studies and from what i've been taught and everything but in in a nutshell um ultimate reality is eternity in eternity um god created all things so very basically condensed god created all things so he could dwell in it like that was his ultimate purpose was to dwell in his creation 
it wasn't to it wasn't necessarily to create a being that he could love but it was to dwell in his creation because in the in the beginning god created the heaven and the earth um and he could dwell in it which to do his to to be able to dwell in it he has a he has he will be able to do this through his plan and it's it's not as abstract and weird sounding and like mysterious as you think it is if and i won't go too much into it but like his plan um basically to to dwell and subdue all things um which is very <laughs> i know that terminology is like really like what in the world are you talking about but uh that's I think it's basically I think, the, I think that terminology though is would would be familiar to to different faiths though yeah. like like Islam for example is a surrendering to God and like uh, I think people outside of like you know, the terminology of subduing or surrendering it's like this this forceful thing but it's not yeah yeah and i guess i will i will define that a little bit because it, the the way i'm talking about it is not even probably familiar with most christians so god created the heaven and the earth in the bible he talks about subduing all things unto himself because there there is rebellion um first at first it started with lucifer and that and then he was able to buy in the creation of man with his um with his with his uh plan to take over um the earth and the heavens um and god is doing he has a plan to take both of those things back the earth through the nation of israel and the heavenlies through the body of Christ, the the uh, believers in this age, as I mentioned earlier, the the grace, the the believers in this age of grace, as we call it. Um, so we would subdue. He would subdue all of those things back to himself, so he could dwell in it eternally. Um, so that was that's basically ultimate reality. Um, things that we see in this temporal world are just temporary, and are a shadow of things in heaven and that's kind of like where like my thought of like a extra dimension comes from and there's there are verses that talks about four different dimensions like breath width height and uh and what's the other one i forgot what the other one was but like it lists four it's like why are there four that's weird um really really off topic kind of subject but um (laughs) but so reality is more than what we see because right now we walk by faith, not by sight, as you always hear. Um, and it's not that we are like living for the things that we see. It's living for things that we don't even see now. Um, but it would still be familiar because there things in this world are a shadow of things in heaven as the Bible says. So it's kind of like looking at your hand shadow. You see a two dimensional version of your hand, but like, Right now, if I see something in this world, that's a three-dimensional thing, a corporeal thing of an eternal reality. And it's not like abstract or esoteric I, like concepts. It's like real things. 
So how should we live in this world, this this temporal, corporeal world? It's basically what how I just kind of described it, like walking by faith, not by sight. Um, for for Christians in general, we live according to the Word of God, which is the Bible. Um, we live in the Spirit, which it's that's also not that much of an esoteric idea or abstract idea because this the Word of God communicates with the spirit of God through us um, or with us and we it helps us understand the things of God and not just the things of man um, so we walk in the spirit understanding the things of God uh, and so walking by faith walking in the spirit um, comprehending those things above and we we're told to live peaceably with all men as much as we can um, with long suffering and grace, especially in this like day and age, we we we're not taking up swords and battling armies of of giants. We're not we're not we're not physically fighting for things uh, of of God. We're we're living in grace and peace and long suffering, just as God is dispensing to us these days. Grace and peace to you. Um, is what Paul always starts out his letters with. So we want to embody that grace and that peace and, and the long suffering and love. And then the uh, the other question was, what is our ultimate purpose? And I kind of touched on that in the first part because that all ties in together. Ultimate purpose in this age of grace with the believers in this age is to reign with Christ in the heavenlies to help and that purpose is, is to subdue all things unto him and uh, and to shine forth his glory. And that, that's another thing that's not abstract. Um, <laughs> uh, and then, you know, the ultimate purpose for outside of this age, you know, like in the Old Testament and with what Jesus was doing on earth and his ministry and things that are after are to subdue the earth back unto himself. So that's like the ultimate purpose of like the believers is being used as a tool um, to be able to to um, fulfill the the plan of God and to uh, to get to that ultimate place of him dwelling in his creation. And I know that was a lot and some weird terminologies and ideas. And Oh, it's okay. I Even though I, I don't understand a lot of it, I feel like we will by the end of this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, awesome. Is that... Uh, well, that was the three questions you... Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. Um, I guess it's my turn to tackle those three questions. Yep. Um, and you know, I don't want to go on too long. So I think after I those probably, three questions, like that would be a good place to stop and like, yeah, leave them on the edge for more. Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. So, uh, so what is ultimate reality according to Buddhism? Um, and I like this question. It's a little, I feel like it might be a little too gen- generally worded, but I think it's done on purpose mm-hmm. because, 
so many religions have like such vastly different like cosmologies and like what is the what is the world what is existence you know yeah exactly and so i appreciate the i appreciate the vagueness of this question i think but so what is ultimate reality according to buddhism um well the the buddha taught what is called the four noble truths which i think this is really like at the at the at the core of what ultimate reality is um and so the the first noble truth he taught was that uh existence is characterized by dukkha this word dukkha that we use um it's kind of hard to translate a lot of people say suffering um I think that's a sufficient word, but maybe not sufficient. I don't know. Um, unreliability, stress, uh, dissatisfaction. Um, so basically, if you, you know, if 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 you're existing, you will ultimately, inevitably experience dukkha, um, and. And that's not ultimate reality, though, but uh, I guess it kind of is, though. So <laughs> the, the dukkha, why why is there dukkha? Well, there's dukkha because of uh, what of ignorance or delusion um, of ultimate reality. And this ultimate reality is very basically summarized by three characteristics. So all conditioned things are share three characteristics with each other, and that is dukkha, um, dissatisfaction, or unsatisfactoriness, or unreliability. Um, instability is another good word. Uh, the other is uh, uh, it's called anicca or impermanence, transiency. Things are always constantly changing from moment to moment nothing stays the same um so like it's just like a current you know the the old adage that you know you can't step in the same river twice this is exactly what it is fundamentally anything and everything conditioned which is basically everything is always changing all the time and the third characteristic is anatta or not self and it's it's the lack of an inherent essence or like label it's kind of like labellessness you know things lack an inherent label it's like the you take apart the motorcycle you lay out all the pieces and it's like okay point to where the motorcycleness comes in you know <laughs> all things are made up of you know, all, all like the object A is made up entirely of non-object A things, and you can break that down. You know, um, so to summarize, everything, all things, are you know unreliable, impermanent, and not self. And so that's the that's what 
ultimate reality is. And then, you know, the, the Buddha posited that, you know, a, from misunderstanding these three things, we, we start to rely, we, 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 un, we misunderstand and, uh, and we convince ourselves kind of that, that, that things are reliable, are permanent, are, you know, self. Um, and when, when, you know, and so we start like making these assumptions about things and then when they, when they prove to be otherwise, these three things, we start to suffer, you know, we start to experience dukkha. And so we start to cling and cling to things we want, even as they're, you know, already changing or we uh, push things away, which is uh, like aversion. Aversion is like the same, a different side of the same coin. But um, so that's kind of ultimate reality in a very small nutshell. Um, so how should we live in the world? Um, I guess I should probably finish the four noble truths. I think I said the two first ones. <laughs> so the first, you know, the first one, uh, all existence is characterized by dukkha or suffering. Uh, the second one is that, that ignorance and clinging is the root of this suffering ignorance you know misunderstanding inherent you know ultimate reality per se so the third is that the cessation of suffering that suffering or dukkha like can we can put an end to that dukkha and the fourth noble truth is i think what i would probably define as the second question, how should we live in this world? And the fourth noble truth is the path to the cessation of suffering. And that is, the path is the eightfold path. And it's kind of this eight dimensions of a life that would lead to the ending of dukkha. And this, um, in a really, really generalized senses basically um thoughts words and actions that lead to the cessation of suffering um you know a very generic list might be like generosity and compassion and mindfulness um but you could break down categories and get really just like knee deep in it <laughs> and like figure out specifics kind of um, which leads to number the second, the third question: What is our ultimate purpose? Um, well, in 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 Buddhism, the ultimate purpose is to end suffering. And I guess, kind of tying back to ultimate reality, um, the the kind of trap you fall into when you misunderstand ultimate reality and start clinging to things and believing things are permanent and you know reliable is that like you you cling to them things unravel and you realize it doesn't work out and you suffer and that 
and that starts this cycle of um, this cycle of suffering and clinging and you know dukkha and you know repeat you know um, and that cycle uh, we in general is called samsara which is like the world we live in um, the you know existence in general and like in the most probably in the most general sense you can think of of getting trapped in a cycle of wanting of desire of clinging and suffering so the ultimate purpose this end of suffering is also the breaking of that cycle and and attaining I think everyone's familiar with the word nirvana or in Pali nibbana and it is it's nothing it's like you know you were saying it's not esoteric it's not this esoteric idea it's not a place you go to either like um, you know and it's not you know just this out nibbana literally is just the extinguishment of the sources of suffering so and that's it what does that look like like to reach that ultimate purpose like what does that look like yeah that wow that is a good question um well nibbana is like you can't really describe it um per se um but it is the um i'll i'll give a metaphor because those seem to work best but <laughs> so so and nibbana actually like etym etymologically it means like the, the, the extinguishing of a flame. And what's interesting is that it's not like the blowing out of a, of a, of a flame, like a candle. It's like the depletion of the fuel of the flame. Hmm. So you run out of wax, you run out of wick and there's the conditions are insufficient to sustain that flame. And so the, the goal and the practice of, you know, the eightfold path is to deplete the sources of the flame to the point where the flame goes out completely. And so you are, your, your practices are aimed. It's, it's aimed at, at, um, At ending like craving or clinging or you know attachment you hear the word attachment used a lot hmm. um through you know through wisdom training and uh ethics um and and like meditation and mindfulness um losing track of, of my thought processes but um so what does what does it look like yeah what does it look like um it's like it's ending processes that lead to suffering that that cause this this uh this this cycle 
And so, you know, when when you when one attains a nibbana, it's just simply the the end the the ending of that cycle of suffering in a way. And there's like this notion in Buddhism that actually kind of ties in with ultimate reality that there's like the there's conventional reality which is the everyday view of the world the the unenlightened view of the world of that you know that kind of overlooks the three characteristics of existence um and then there is ultimate reality which is like an like the enlightened view of the world which is seeing the world for what it is which you will you be able to recognize that everything is is impermanent and everything is void of self and everything is like ultimately unreliable in terms of bringing us peace and stability. Hmm. Um, I don't know if that answers your question at all. I think it does. I think it does. I think if like it's something kind of like you'll know, you'll know when you get there. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And um and in like in the stories like you know the buddha gained enlightenment um and like in buddhism there's a, this idea of rebirth um that like we've experienced like literally countless lifetimes of existence in multiple forms um and I don't, I, I personally don't think that's limited to just like, you know, when you were born, because like, you know, every day you're born and like you're, you know, you're a new person being born. Um, but that might not be relevant right now. But um, so like this, this classic traditional way of, you know, viewing rebirth, um, it's intrinsically tied like rebirth and death. So in the traditional um, in the traditional stories you will hear people use the phrase instead of nibbana or enlightenment or liberation you'll hear them call like they have attained the deathless and it's not that like they live forever but they've escaped the cycle of death and rebirth and suffering and so when the Buddha was enlightened like he you know attained this enlightened liberated state but he was still a person like he was still living and eating and stuff but he was able to like see the world from an enlightened perspective and then like when he died they call it like they call his death the the peri nirvana or peri nibbana which is like the final enlightenment like the flame has finally gone out not that he stopped existing, but he has. Well, that's uh, that's a can of worms saying he stopped existing, or he or he existed. Um, but the the cycle of 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 samsara had ended, you know, mm. and the 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 fuel the fuel for dukkha was extinguished finally like 
for a final time, hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Wow. I I think that um, question, your answer to that question, clarified that there is more questions. <laughs> you know, for me too, I feel like I rambled a lot. No, I think that was a good good explanation. These those three questions are the only notes that I did not take. Oh well. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the next question for the next episode about we'll just leave it at faith. It's going to be about faith, right? Is that the question we're looking at? I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm kind of excited to get into that more. Um, and then further this discussion. I mean, it's, I think we have a lot of ground to tread, oh and I think uh, I think it's going to be good. I think it's gonna it's going to be it's going to be so much fun. Yeah, and for the viewers and listeners, like, so this was like an intro episode. I hope it wasn't too boring. Yeah, I, I, it wasn't for me. So, right. but so th- as we ex- as we go into the show and explore, like, we're looking at like. We're looking generally for each episode to be on a specific topic and what those topics are, are going to be varied, very varied, (laughs) very varied. And it's going to be, it's going to be really, really fun. I think. I, I think so too. I'm really looking forward to discovering some of these topics and especially like, doing like uh comparisons and like anytime i get to explain things i'm i always love it like i i tend to ramble just like you sometimes so i think being able to do that and then compare notes it's gonna be a lot of fun and maybe we like maybe some of these topics will even be kind of hard for uh not not as far as like like trying to get the point across but maybe even like there might be some hard topics to discuss too i can just imagine yeah. that coming up i mean i think you're i think you're right on both accounts like yeah it'll be exactly hard to get the point across but also hard like hard yeah. topics in <laughs> yeah. general because yeah, i don't think i mentioned this but um like i've been doing what i've been doing for you know more than 10 years now in my study and i think you like you mentioned you became a member of that um that temple in like 2014 2015 so like we have a lot of like time under our belts for like being able to understand what we understand so trying to convey that is going to be real uh it's going to be really a really good challenge yeah cuz like especially on topics and um on, on topics and concepts that we may not have yet had to explain out exactly. loud. Yes. It's, I yes. mean, just even just now, like in this episode, it's like, wow, like I, like I need some practice, you know, like explaining these concepts to someone who like, isn't already, doesn't already understand them like on an intellectual level, at least. Right, right. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah. I'm so excited. 
And so the next one will be uh, probably the topic on faith, whatever that means. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, and uh, I think uh, from my perspective, I don't think it's what you think it is. <laughs> I concur. <laughs> I Yeah, I can. I don't even know where you're going to go with that. So this it's going to be good. <laughs> the suspense. Uh, I know it's going to be suspenseful. Okay, well, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. So I thank you for anyone that's watching or listening. Um, if you have questions or comments, comment. You know, comment on, mm-hmm. like on the video or e- like email. Maybe we'll have an email set up. Maybe, yeah. That's, yeah. that's a good idea. Yeah, we'll get... If we have an email, it will be on the screen now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get that set up and everything. So I think it will be a good... Uh, a good place for people to contact us for questions or comments, or maybe we can take some, maybe we can take some, uh, narrative from them and go with it. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Okay. Well, this has been, uh, this has been the Baptist and the Buddhist with Mark and Brian. So episode one, episode one. So we will see you for episode two. Thank you all for listening and watching. Yes, thank you.